Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and God, Amen. For 50 days we we keep remembering and and celebrating the joy of the resurrection. And today is the eighth day after the resurrection, counting the day of the resurrection itself. So from last Sunday, counting this Sunday until today, counting today as well. They are going to be eight days. And we are celebrating another feast today. And we call it the feast of the, the, the St. Thomas. And it is a minor feast, one of the minor feasts of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is about one of the appearances of Jesus Christ to his disciples. But I think we can consider it the most powerful one. Because it's about someone who was doubting the resurrection. He couldn't comprehend it. And then Jesus appeared to him and make it very tangible. Tangible to the point that he sensed the, the wounds of Jesus Christ himself. And there is many thoughts I have. And I want to start, from, I will begin from where I, I left off last uh, Sunday when we were talking about the resurrection. For those of you who were attending the, the English liturgy, I was talking about how we believe in the, the, the resurrection. It was more of an apologetic approach to the resurrection. Why do we believe in the resurrection? The empty tomb, the appearances, the, the witnesses of the, the, the people who have seen Christ after his resurrection. And then I, I concluded with three applications. That we have victory over death. And two, that by the resurrection, there was a declaration that Jesus is the Son of God. And the third was our hope in the resurrection. I want to unpack those applications and elaborate more on those. Let's begin by a fact. Christianity stands or falls if the resurrection is true or wrong. Or false. It stands or falls. Christi all Christianity, everything. So if, the, if we believe in the resurrection, and I think we all believe, and I think, again, last week, we talked about 18 reasons that proves the resurrection. So if we believe in the resurrection, then the following should be true. One, everything Jesus Christ said is true. You want, to, you want me to justify that? Read the, the gospel of today. When G, what, what did St. Thomas said when he touched the wounds? What did he say? my Lord and my God. Why he didn't say, oh, now I believe in the resurrection. The, the, 
the only thing that came, the only testimony that came to his mind, that he felt he should say, my Lord and my God, two words. But they are summing up everything about Christianity. So if he's the Lord and he's the God, then everything he said is true. So everything he said is true. So everything we have is true. That's why we need to believe in everything. And I'm going to touch upon that later on. How the, Jesus, the, the gospel, the conclusion of the gospel that was just read. He said, we, need, we haven't seen Christ risen physically. But we need to believe. Because there is people who physically saw him. That's why we believe. And everything that is written in the gospel, or in the Bible, all, all the Bible, it's just a sample of which we need to believe. And if we believed, then all what's in the Bible should apply to our life. So number one, if we believe in the resurrection is true, then everything Jesus said is true. Number two, it's not just it is it's not just true, it's powerful. What do I mean by powerful? I mean think of we always talk the people talk about the power of the mind, the power of an argument. You might be convinced about something, but that doesn't mean you can that doesn't have power. Yes, you are convinced with something, you try to do it. But sometimes what we are convinced with, we cannot do. And let's say, we, we know that many things we are doing are wrong, are sinful. But we still, we are doing them. We are convinced, you don't need an argument to tell you that so and so is wrong. Anger. Do you want me to convince you that anger is bad? Hmm? I don't think you need an argument for that. But what is your, the problem? I cannot control my anger. Do you want me to tell you, to make an argument to tell you that we shouldn't be anxious, worrying? <laughs> I think that's an easy argument to prove. But the problem, how can you be peaceful? How can you have peace? Christianity is not about teaching, great teaching, about arguments. It's not about any of that. It's about power. And the power of resurrection. The power of resurrection. What does that mean? How can this apply to me? It means that Jesus Christ didn't come to say words. Fancy words, great words, powerful words. But he, gave, he came to grant us power. Power over what? One, over death. The death is the only thing that no one can deny. Is there anybody can deny that there is something called death and it is the end of everyone and anyone? No one can deny that. They can argue if there is an afterlife or not. They can argue what the meaning of life, what the meaning of death. But death is a fact. Jesus Christ came to give us power over that death. And tell, told us that death came because of sin. I will defeat sin for you. He defeated, defeated it himself. And he gave us the power to defeat it. And then we are, 
having the power to defeat death and sin. I, um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been reading the, the letters of St. Ignatius. I always recommend books to read for you. I hope and some of that would, would click and, and you read some of those. The letters of St. Ignatius of Antioch. You're going to find them free on the internet. And they are not long. Six letters or seven letters. St. Ignatius of Antioch. It's, it's a very powerful story. And powerful book. And, and I want you to relate the story of the person with what he's writing. He lived in the first century. He is one of the apostolic fathers. <coughs> and what we mean by the apostolic fathers, the apostolic fathers are the generation who succeeded the, the apostles. They are the disciples of the apostles. So the first generation who received Christianity and the faith from Jesus Christ, they are the first generation. Second generation are the apostolic fathers. One of them is Saint Ignatius of Antioch. He became the bishop of Antioch by the mid-90s of the first century. And he was martyred at the year 108. 108 AD. Very early second century. He was taken from Antioch to Rome to be martyred. And the way they, they get, uh, kill, the, kill the, the martyrs, it was by throwing them to the beasts. The wild beasts in the arena. People would come and watch how the, the, the Christians are thrown to the beasts. Sometimes they would clothe the, 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 the martyrs by the, 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 uh, the, the wild animals' skin. The skin of the wild animals. So for the beast to be more wild in eating them. So in his way from Antioch to, to uh, Rome, he was meeting many congregations along the way. The Ephesians uh, and even the Romans themselves, some of the Christian Romans. So he was writing to them about his martyrdom. It's very powerful how in the very first century, and those people haven't met Christ himself, there is a story saying that St. Ignatius was a little child who had the, the, two, the five loaves and the two fish when Jesus asked for it. It's a doubtful or a debated story or debated tradition. What I'm trying to say, they haven't seen Christ like the apostles. But however, they were very powerful in living the Christian life. He has magnificent words about his martyrdom. He was saying, I want to be presented. I want to be ground. I want to be eaten by the beasts in order for me to become wheat, to become the bread of God, the one who gave himself to me. And he was telling the many of the congregation he met, he told them, never try to convince me or to, or to intervene that I won't be martyred because this would be unreasonable kindness. He called it unreasonable kindness. Don't be kind and try to convince me not to be martyred because that's how I'm going to be become. That's, that's his words. I'm going to begin to be 
a true disciple of Christ. Martyrdom for those Christians of the early uh, Christianity, they were, they, discipleship means to be martyrs, to be witnesses, to be witnesses. They haven't feared death. They haven't feared death. Wanna, I want to read for you just a small, I mean, just a tiny passage from what he was writing, his letter to the Romans. He says, I don't want you to please men, but to please God, just as you are doing. For I shall never again have such a chance to get to God. He considered martyrdom a chance to get to God. Nor can you, if you keep quiet, keep quiet, he doesn't want them to try to intervene to the rulers and tell them, please forgive uh, St. Ignatius not to be martyred. So I want you, if you keep quiet, get credit for a finer deed. For if you quietly let me alone, people will see in me God's word. He is saying that his sacrifice is going to be God's word. God's word will be seen in him by his martyrdom. I think now we would think, if we have a good servant, the, long, the more he lives, the more he will affect and, and give to the ministry. For him, his, his great giving or contribution to the service or to the ministry or to Christianity is by giving up himself as a martyr. So he's saying, if, for if you quietly let me alone, people will see in me God's word. But if you are enamored of, of my mere body, if you care about my, my body, I shall, on the contrary, be a meaningless noise. I'll, I'm going to be a meaningless noise. See how he feels that his life would be meaningless if he didn't die for Christ. All of that is an application to, to the resurrection of Christ. And then he goes on to say, but if you are... Uh, uh, meaningless noise. Grant me no more than to be a sacrifice for God while there is an altar at hand. He, he saw the, the arena where he was going to be given to the beasts and a sanctuary, an altar. His altar wasn't a fancy place like where we are and we are very peaceful. It is with the wild beasts. With the wild beasts he will be, he will be in the altar, the sacrifice that is given to God. Uh, while there is an altar at hand, then you can form yourselves into a choir and sing praises. What do we do after we eat the, the body and the blood of Christ? Sing praises, right? He said, I want you to gather after my death and sing praises for the offering I gave of my body and my life. And sing praises. To the Father in Jesus Christ. You see how they were seeing the Trinity. He talks about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To the Father in Jesus Christ. That God gave the Bishop of Syria the privilege. I think he's talking about himself. The Bishop of Syria. The privilege of reaching the sun's setting. When he summoned him from its rising. It is a grand thing for my life to set on the world. And for me to be on my way to God so that I may rise in his presence. I may rise in his presence. That's a per direct, direct application to the, 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 the resurrection. 
he knows that he's going to rise again. That's why he was running toward his martyrdom. I think we need to witness. We need to witness to our faith the same way. If we believe in the resurrection, if we believe in the resurrection, if we believe in the resurrection, we, we, uh, I got this right. <laughs> so if we believe in the resurrection, we should give that witness. Maybe you are not asked to be martyrs, but at least be, be witnesses for the commandments of God. I like what the, the reading of today for, from St. Paul. I don't know if I'm going to burden you to read it again. I don't know. If, I'm not sure if everybody is listening well and they came and listened to the Pauline epistle. I tr I'll, I'm, I'm trying to select some parts of it. It's a very great application to what we are saying. He said, but you have not learned Christ. We, we have not so learned Christ. We have, you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus Christ, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There should be renewal. You shouldn't come to church and get out with the same mind. Then what you are doing? I'm not talking about magic. We are not doing magic here. It's not that you're going to come and you're going to come out uh, a different person. It, this is not going to happen. But there is, there is a little change. As, as much as we, we grow, we don't know when did we grow as, as, as we are. But we eat, we be healthy, and then we grow. We grow and every day. And there is something happening in our bodies by the food we are eating, whether harming ourselves or, or benefiting ourselves. But we, there is something happening. It's exactly what we are doing in the church and in our Christian life. There should be a change happening. It shouldn't be as we, 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 get, we get in and as we get out. It shouldn't be like that. And then he goes on to say, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So there should be transformation. Not just that someone is stealing, one will stop stealing. No. He will stop stealing and work to help who is in need. There should be transformation. The, the resurrection and the power, that's why I told you there is power in the resurrection. This transformation is that power. It, we should experience it. We should ask for it. We should pray for it. We have the Holy Spirit. I'm going to conclude with, with what the, the Gospel concluded with. After St. Thomas said, my Lord and, and my God, he said, for Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think this applies to every one of us. We haven't seen, but we believe. And then he goes on to say, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. 
But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. If you believe in that, you should have life and you should live that life. We shouldn't live according to the word. We should live carnally minded, as St. Paul is saying in Romans 8. We should live according to the spirit. We should live as people going to heaven, like people will rise up again with Christ. May God give us the power of resurrection. And, and let's, let it be our prayer during these 50 days that we're going to pray that we experience that power, a change. It shouldn't be very seen from us and from the others, but at least we experience the, the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We feel the joy, the peace. Every time Jesus was seeing his disciples, he was giving them peace as a power. It's not a word. It's not a word of greeting. It's a power. And he asked them to be joyful. And I think we are lacking that joy. I, th I feel when we talk about joy, we are, we are talking about something very weird. But actually, this is the, the sign that we are experiencing the resurrection. And glory be to God forever. Amen.